If you start out your job knowing how long this kid's going to live, everything changes. And I happen to know how long every kid lives. They live forever. Our decisions, our lives are going to affect 10 generations down the road. With the birth of our firstborn daughter, I literally had the feeling of wanting to turn her over if I were the instructions. When you look at scripture, it's not the children's minister or the youth minister that God calls first to disciple children. It's the parents. If we want to expose our kids to God, we need to view them like God views them. God is an incredible father. God has rebellious kids. Don't be put off because they're not listening to you. They are listening, but in a different way. You're showing them how faith connects to real life. That's really valuable in terms of helping kids understand how faith matters to them. I think there was somewhat of a fear that we're not going to be able to go out and do all the things that we got to. Like, our marriage is going to look different. I get worried that I'm not doing enough. Make sure. parents can be a little overprotective. <laughs> Michael Jr., I was wondering what your feeling is on spankings. I'm a grown man. I don't get them no more, bro. No matter what kind of a family you come from, you can be the first of a healthy generation. Amen. Isn't that going to be awesome, you guys? Well, good morning. My name's Cameron. I got uh, a list for you. Um, They were all scattered throughout my text messages, so... Leticia had to put it all in one message for me so I don't forget it. But thank God for the announcement. Somebody shout that out real quick. (laughs) Well, let's start off with this one. We have the Art of Parenting class that's going to be starting. That's August the 29th. It's not this upcoming Monday, but next Monday. That's going to be in the Red Room at 6 p.m. And, of course, that's going to be going through October 24th. Um, There is a $10 cost, and that's just for your workbook. You only need one per family. Um, and so you can do that on the website or you can do it on the app. I did it on the app. It took me about two minutes. So it's real easy. It's real simple. And I won't throw Greg under the bus and say he'll help you. If you have any questions, I will help you sign up on the app because I just did it last week. So I know how to do it. So make sure you sign up for that. Uh, also tonight we have water baptisms. That's going to be here at 6 p.m. I'm so excited for this. I have a, we have a couple of you students who are going to be there tonight, so I'm really excited for uh, this next part of your faith walk, what you're doing, making this public declaration, and it's such a powerful experience that you will remember. Uh, so we're going to be doing that at 6 p.m. tonight, and we also have an ice cream Sundays after. Some of y'all are like, oh, okay, actually, my plan's just cleared up. I can be there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to be doing that. We're going to have a ton of fun, and we're just going to pray we don't get any water on the stage. Um, Greg's going to get real nervous while we're doing it, but that's okay. Um, Coming up on September 1st, I said thank God for them, okay? We got a list here. Uh, Coming up on September 1st, that's a Thursday, um, we are starting back up with the ladies' Bible study. That is at 9 a.m. Come on, you got to give something better for ladies' Bible study. Come on now. That's going to be 9 a.m. on Thursdays, and it's going to be starting um, September 1st. And they also do a Zoom class um, in the evenings at 6.30 p.m. And they're going to be doing a study on the book of Daniel. Sounds great. I'm not invited, but I'm not mad. Um, Maybe if my wife does, like, the Zoom one, I can just kind of veer off to the side of the screen and still be involved, but who knows. And uh, one more, (laughs) I promise. We also... um, had a fundraiser a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to give a good report for that. Uh, we have our Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk Beach Blitz. Say that ten times fast. Um, 
this youth trip we're going on September 9th and the 10th. Um, we're going to the boardwalk. They're kicking everybody out except for us, letting us camp out. It's going to be worship services. Um, they are giving us wristbands to go on rides. And you see it says cost is $90. That is a lie. Due to the generosity of our church, that cost has gone to $10 for each student. Come on now, $10 each? Are you kidding me? I announced that this past Wednesday, and all our spots filled up. (laughs) But I was thinking, I wonder how many students were holding off because that cost was too high for us to fill up in one night. And that's why I told them, I said, turn your permission slip in. Don't worry about that cost. God has got it. Amen. That's it for the announcements. If you would all please direct your attention to the screens. Don't do that yet, Melanie. Melanie, I still have another announcement. I said thank God for this. <laughs> we got to be ready. Uh, another one is, is this coming Saturday, uh, is our cars and, and coffee going to be happening here? And it's still going to be going on, even though this coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, there's the guys are going to the men's retreat. And uh, so this next Sunday and stuff, we're all going to, it all filled up. We have actually have one more than we can actually hold, but we're making room for that. So, uh, but I wanted to, and the, the cars for, uh, and coffee thing is from 9 to 12. And so the, we're believing for good things there. If you're going to be hanging out here, you can come there. For those of you that are not going to the men's retreat, amen? And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of things happening. There's a lot of things that we want to share with you, which we're going to be sharing in the upcoming weeks of what's going on with Harvest Bible Church. Uh, I think you have another announcement, that, and I'm going to turn it over to her, and then we're going to watch the video, and then we're going to turn her loose, okay? Go ahead. Oh, you can... oh I can talk in my own mind. <laughs> uh, we don't want uh, to have full control. I do not apologize for announcements, because I'm telling you, we do not have a boring church. You know, you... We have things happening here, and there's no excuse for you to be sitting home bored, you know, watching TV when you've got, like, we, we have all these things. So I, I do want to make one quick amount, announcement. When Pastor and I went back to Rama um, this, uh, this last, last month, I think it was, camp meeting, um, you know, they, they have what's called Kindle the Flame. It's a women's retreat. And this year, you know, it just got really put in my heart to want to go back. And so I got a ticket. I got my airline ticket. I got everything ready. I didn't think anybody else would be interested. And so far, six women, other women, want to go with me. So I just want to make this available to everybody to know that you are not invited. You are invited if you would like to go back to Oklahoma with me and uh, go to uh, to Rima. They're going to do Kindle the Flame. Of course, Lynette Hagen and her daughter, Denise Hagen I, uh, Burns, I love their ministry. I, they're just great ministers. Um, and they have some other speakers, younger speakers for you younger women in your 20s and 30s. There's some younger speakers, your age bracket. And um, so if you're interested, just in the back, there are some flyers back there or see me and, um, and I'll hook you up. All right. All right. Now you can go. <laughs> Throughout history, books have been used to wage war and to bring peace. They have changed individuals, and they have changed the world. Of all the books ever written, there is one book 
that has had greater impact than the rest. This one book is unique. More than 40 people wrote it over approximately 1,500 years. The writers were from all walks of life. They were peasants and kings, philosophers and fishermen, poets and scholars. They wrote this book in three different languages during times of joy and despair. Yet it contains a timeless message for all people. Originally written on scrolls and tablets, then printed on a press, and now in digital forms, this book has endured and thrived. It accurately tells of the past, present, and future. Compared with other ancient writings, this book has more manuscript evidence than all of the major classical works combined. No document of the ancient period is as well attested as this book. It is relevant despite cultural or demographical differences. Many academics have tried to discredit it, but time and time again, further discoveries have proved the critics wrong. Some have tried to burn it, ban it, or outlaw it, yet it endures. It has been read by more people and published in more languages than any other book. It is the best-selling book every year and of all time. There is no book that can compare to its circulation. This book has the power to soften hard hearts, restore the broken, and give hope to the hopeless. This book has had greater impact on the earth than any other book. This book is the divine blueprint for life, a living revelation of the one true God to all of mankind. This book is the Bible. Amen. Well, I'm excited to share with you this morning... Um, this is a this is a sample video of um, what's going to be happening beginning in October. Is Pastor and I really we really feel that education is important, and um, we are getting ready to start a curriculum called um, this one that was here. It's it's ABC. Where did the picture go? <laughs> it's uh, it's about. Can you give me that slide back up there? Or does, yeah, Answers in Genesis, I believe is what it's called, right? Answers in the Bible. And um, we are doing classes from pre-K all the way to adult. And um, I was going to talk, talk to you about this whole new curriculum that's getting started, but I really felt like I needed to preface this with a message this morning, why we feel this is so important. Um, you know, you may be thinking, you know, uh, you know, why do I need that class? I'm telling you, every one of you need that class in this room. Everybody in this room needs that class. 
And we're going to talk about that this morning because um, what you know about the Bible is extremely important about, you know, how you live your life and about all that is uh, coming at you in this world. And, um, and, and so I, I want to I open up first of all in prayer, and then I want to get into the message that the Lord has given me for, for you this morning to, to encourage you about this book. That is incredible. I just... I, I've taught the kids in the classroom, you know, so much about this, that the, the Bible is not a fairy tale. The Bible is true. Yes. And, um, and anyway, so, Father, we just want to thank you. I thank you, first of all, because this is all about you, and this is about your book. This is about your revelation. Your book tells us all that we need to know about you. And God, I know that all of us have fallen short in really reading and studying that book to know you better. But God, we just, we want to change. We want to know you more. We want to know you according to your word. God, wherever we have been um, led into, uh, into error because of the culture or because of the teachings of this world, we want your word to bring truth because this word is, is the words of the living God. Jesus, you said your words are life. They are eternal life. This is, this is not like words of any other person. These are eternal words of life. They are life-giving. And so, Father, we just thank you for the word that you've given us. And we just ask this morning that I ask everybody in this room would have ears to hear and hearts to receive all that the Spirit of the Lord wants to say to us. We thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. <clears throat> I want to read to you a, a scripture really first. This is my grandpa's Bible. He's passed away a long time ago, and it's the old living Bible, if you remember that, and the t- it's really tiny print, in the, <laughs> the older I get. But, um, but I love how it tells this scripture. So just listen to this, um, if you would. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says in verse 3, If the good news we preach is hidden to anyone... It is hidden from the one who was on the road to eternal death. Satan, who is the god of this evil world, has made him blind and unable to see the glorious light of the gospel that is shining upon him, or to understand the amazing message we preach about the glory of Jesus Christ, who is God. We don't go around preaching about ourselves, but about Christ Jesus, who is Lord. I think that this is probably the best way to describe the world that we live in, that Satan, who is the small G-O-D God of this world, has kept people from understanding the message of Jesus Christ. And we, we live in a time that, you know, if, if we looked and if, if, I could see, if I could see your belief system, I can guarantee there's a lot of you who have skewed belief systems because we've been raised in a secular school Maybe we had unsaved parents. Um, you know, some of you have been raised or have been educated in the medical world. You had to go through medical school. You were taught certain ways in the, med- in, in the medical school. Some of you were taught as teachers. Some of you might be school teachers. And you had to go through certain training. You had to learn certain things. Uh, to get your grade to be passed in that grade, you had to give the right answers that those teachers wanted you to give or you would have failed the class. So you're giving the right answers. And sometimes those, those types of belief systems can give us what's called a worldview. Have you heard what's called a worldview? 
a worldview is, is, what, is my beliefs, and it's kind of like putting on glasses, colored glasses. It's how I look at the world around me. What I believe, what I believe to be true is how I look at everything in the world. And so your worldview is extremely important because it affects everything about you. It affects your choices. And um, if your belief system is not based in the word of God and it's based in something than the word of God, then it will also affect your behavior because ultimately your belief system affects your behavior. How you believe is how you will behave. And I think that we've seen the greatest thing in the last, since 2020, we have seen a belief system that is not only in the world, but even in the church that some of you really, really aren't real clear about what God's word says about eternal life, what God's word says about healing, what God's word says about that there is something life after death. And so on all of us, we can even have questions. Maybe you don't even know how to defend your faith. And so we're excited because the classes that will be starting in October are going to be teaching from preschool to adult how you can defend your faith. And it starts from the very book of Genesis. If you do not know, um, and you, you know, really the first three chapters of Genesis, if, if you aren't really grounded into those first three chapters of the Bible, then everything else really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because everything begins in the beginning. Let's all say that first verse, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you don't believe Genesis 1-1, then why should you believe John 3-16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If I don't believe that there is an eternal God, a God who created the heavens and the earth, why do I have to believe that he sent his son that I might be saved from my sin? Well, what is sin? I, I, you know, a few years back, I took an apologetics class and it was, it was so, it was really fun. I love this kind of stuff. I eat this stuff. I'm very excited about it, (laughs) as you can tell. And, um, and, and I had to interview, you know, I had to interview young college age kids. I had to interview different ones, you know, uh, one, you know, to find out their worldview. What was their worldview? And I was, it was so sad for me because I couldn't, I couldn't guide them in the questions. I couldn't guide them in what they were telling me. I had to just you know, feedback, what they were telling me, you know, and, and it was, it's sad. You wonder why there's shootings in high schools. You wonder why there's abortions done without consciousness, consciousness. You wonder why there is racial hate. You wonder why all these things, it's because it, it all goes back to what the Bible that we don't understand in the beginning God created. We don't understand that we all come from one race, Adam's race. We don't understand that sin and sickness came into the world because of Genesis chapter 3. Because they doubted God's word. And so it's very important that... Oh, I'm getting excited. Sorry. I'll slow down. It's very, it's very important that we have an understanding of that I believe in this Bible. I believe what this Bible says. I believe that it's true. And, and to have a confidence in this Bible, that's why I can have peace in the face of death. That's why when I, when I believe this Bible, I have peace with God. I know that I am right with God. When I, because I believe this Bible, I don't fear my future. And this was the thing that I found in these kids. And it was so sad to see that a lot of them didn't know what was going to happen after death. A lot of them believed, well, we just 
you just dissolve. You just, your body goes into a grave and then that's it. Some of them believed in, you know, reincarnation. You come back, you, you blew it that time, you get to come back again. And, and there's nothing to, to substantiate these worldviews except theories. But we don't have a theory. We have someone who was there in the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We have an eyewitness account who was there in the very beginning. And, and, and as you'll see, and this is why I want to encourage you to come to this class, I, I would pray that this room is packed with every one of you because as we begin to look in God's word, we're going to begin to see, you know, what about this? Do you believe in dinosaurs? Some of you are probably afraid to answer. <laughs> well, we have bones to believe that we know they existed. You know, do, and, and let me ask you these questions. So let's kind of tap into your worldview this morning. Let me, just see, let me just see what you're thinking. You don't have to raise your hands. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? I'm going to have a raise a hand of this. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken, raise your hand. All right, all you chickens, hands down. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? All right, all you egg people. Eh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> in the beginning, when we look in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we see God created living beings. And God said that inside of the living being would be the seed to perpetuate its, its kind. So we see that God created every living thing first, and then the seed was within, which a seed is an egg, is what comes from the living thing. So God created every living thing, and from that it came its seed. So, um, and, and, and this is what's so exciting. So if you want to talk about evolution, you know, we're going to have different videos, we're going to have different things, we're going to learn why evolution is just a theory, and we're going to learn about... Now, let me ask you... Let's ask you some more questions. Let's see where you're at this morning. Um, do, and you don't have to raise your hand. But do you believe the earth is four to five billion years old? Do you believe the earth is four to five billion years of old? Or do you believe what the Bible says? That God created the earth in six days and that... Um, and it's a young earth. I mean, that, but we're going to look at that. I'm not trying to influence you either way because we're going to look at what did the author have to say... You know, because there is what I, I remember, I was amazed by my daughter who went to school in a Bible college and they were teaching creation evolutionism. Creation evolutionism is you, you take the two theories and you put them together. And so they believe that God created the heavens and the earth, but it's in, it's in time eras. So instead of it being an actual six day period, it's, it's thousands of years in between each day. And so man and everything eventually evolved. Well, we're going to see again in the word of God that there's nothing that shows that anything was evolved. God created a being, God created animals, God created the birds. And, you know, and our children that are going to school, they're going to be fed this, all of the, about this evolution. And why does this matter? Let me come back to this question. Why does this matter? You kids that you know the truth about biblical creation about what the Bible says. Because there is like 47% of you that are sitting right now in this, in this room, you, you junior high and high school kids that are going to walk away from Christ by the time you get into your college years. Most people think that we want to prepare our kids to get to college, and college is when they choose to walk away from Christ, but it's actually 47% that walk away at their junior high and senior year. That's why Mr. Cameron Cooper here has the most important job in this church, I believe. Because we have got to establish when the, in the hearts of these... Ch- <laughs> no pressure, no pressure, Cameron. 
Now, Cameron's going to be teaching the same class for the junior high and senior high. And so he's going to be teaching using the same curriculum. So, um, so it's important because if, my, if our children in this room do not believe in a Genesis that God created the heavens and the earth, and if they're not established in the truths of what God's word said, then they're going to begin to go and, and question and doubt God. And, in, in, and we're going to kind of look at that. When, when we begin to doubt God, bad things happen. And we get confused, but I want to teach our kids how to stand strong in their faith, how to know, how to know that God exists, how to know that the Bible is 100% accurate. It has no fallacies that how to know that this Bible, that there's more proof just as we watched this morning, there's more proof of the accuracy of the word of God, the scriptures than any other manuscript that's out there ancient that they can dig up, but they will not tell you this in the secular world, but we're going to show you things and teach you and teach you about these little, little cute little dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs. If you know anything about me too, I love dinos and, um, we're going to learn about dinosaurs in the class. And, um, but, but it, it, it's so important because the God of this world wants to blind the message of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ because, and he begins in Genesis 1, 1, because if he can get you to doubt that God created, then that means that God didn't send his son. And that means that miracles can't happen. That means that I can't be healed. That means the cross never happened. That means my sins are not forgiven. That means that there's no life after death. That means, I mean, come on, it just, it, it sets off everything off kilter. So we want to know that from the beginning, in the beginning, God, in the beginning, God, in the beginning, God, in the beginning, my God established everything. My God brought forth everything and it's an intelligent designer. You better believe it. You know, the whole, the whole theory of evolution is like taking a, a clock, a, um, a stopwatch, and I probably will do this when we do the children's classrooms, and and throwing all the pieces of of let's say what are those pocket watch right? Throw it into a box and shaking it really hard, having a big bang, and then expecting to pull out of that box this perfectly working little pocket watch that's right on time and everything in its place. That is impossible. And, 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 you know, and, and we will, you know, we'll look at, you know, cause I'm going to pull out stuff that I know too. We'll look at, you know, one of the greatest atheists of the, of our past, you know, he was a, a big, you know, big speaker on atheism and humanism. And, um, when he saw the human DNA, when he finally was able to look at the DNA, he, he really, it was like, like looking at, um, stained glass window, everything, you know how when you have broken pieces and they can take these broken glass and create this beautiful picture, he realized that there has to be a designer of the human DNA. And, and, and we're going to look at that, that it's impossible for us to, to assume that everything just bam, and it came into place except for this part, ready? In the beginning, God said, let Bam, bam, it came, to, it came to pass. That's the only bam you get is that when God spoke it, excuse me, God spoke it, it came to pass. Amen. Uh, let's, hit, let's hit some more of your, your, um, your worldviews this morning. Um, do you, okay, well, some of you, probably if you're here, you probably believe that there's life after death, but do you know what happens at death? Do you really have a comprehension about life after death? Do you really know about life and death. Because if you don't, then you will fear death. You'll be afraid to face it. But I'm telling you, you can know 
about the future. You can know that there is a future and that you're not going to just dissolve and, and, and become back as a, you know, maybe you failed. So next time you're coming back as a cow, you know, um, that you can know that God has, has an eternal plan. So what happens, what happens to you when you die? And this is a question a lot of our young kids are facing in school. What happens to you when you die? Because a lot of them are teaching them theories that, well, you just, your life is done. That's why they can go into schools and shoot kids because there's nothing after life and there's no value of life. And again, if we go back to Genesis chapter one, which we'll look at, we'll see why is a human being different than an animal? Why am I different than a cow? Why am I different than, than a cute little fuzzy bunny? Why is there a difference? Why can I kill an animal, a cow, and eat its hamburger and it's okay, but if I'm just an animal like, like an animal, but it's wrong to kill human life, and we know it's wrong because even as a, as a person who's not a Christian knows that it's wrong, you, it feels wrong to hit and hurt and kill a human life. Why? Because you're created in the image of God. There's something different about humanity. Um, so do you believe in abortion? And sadly, I would, have, I would have thought years ago that across the board, Christians would never believe in abortion. That we would unanimously be, yes, abortion is wrong, but boy, am I wrong that a lot of Christians sit in our pews and they believe that a woman has a right to choose. And, um, and so, but the question is, is not about a woman's right to choose. The question is, it goes back to a human life. Why does a human life have value? Where is that life based? And we're going to look at that. Uh, do you believe that, uh, do you believe in evolution? I mean, some of you might even believe in evolution in this room. Some of you might believe in creation evolution, you know, and uh, maybe you never heard anything, never even heard, you know, maybe you think that, and, and this is a big thing, okay? So in, in, um, in, we go back to England, like 200 years ago, gosh, even less than that maybe, England was a powerhouse of sending amazing men of God out. I mean, we had Spurgeon, we had Wigglesworth, we had, um, yes, uh, John Bunyan, William Booth, uh, George Whitfield, D.L. Moody went over there. He did powerful ministry. I mean, England was the hub spot for men of God, right? Revivals that moved, that affected, affected the world. But in England... They started in, in the Oxford Biblical Seminary, they started changing a few little theories that they thought were theories. And one of them is that Genesis, the book of Genesis is more of an allegory or a poetic book rather than history. And so you're now bringing out in this Bible college, they're bringing out young ministers who are being taught that the book of Genesis is nothing more than an allegory. It's nothing more than a story or a poetic book. It's not factual. If I take away the facts of of Genesis 1, 2, and 3, I've just wiped out my whole spiritual uh, thing to build my life on, my foundation. And, the, and they began to do that. The other, the other thing they did is they began to change and say that the word of God is not the word of God, but it contains the word of God. Now, there's a big difference in that. That means that some of this is God's word, but some of it is man-made. Well, how do I know the difference between what is God and what is man-made? Instead of, and so we as true Bible believers, especially the pastors here at Harvest Bible Church, we believe that this word is 100% true and accurate. It does not contain the word of God. It is the word of God. 
And therefore, it, it, it is the very thing that I, I balance my life. It guides my life. It directs my life. It's, it's, what is, it's my, my tool to guide me in life. The third thing that they did is they began to take away the, tr- the, um, the power of who Jesus was. They changed who Jesus was. Some of them said, well, he was a good man. He was a man. He was a prophet. Uh, but he wasn't the son of God. And, and these, little, these, these little changes, though they seem so insignificant at the time, in a process of time, I want to read to you a, a quote from, um, from a man named Kim Ham. He said this about the churches of England now today. He said, empty churches now stand in the cities and countrysides as monuments to the triumph of a new religion called secular humanism. Hollow shells of buildings shadowing streets filled with hollow souls and the disease was the, cre- was the result of a predictable spread of ideas that seemed harmless enough to start with. And then they mutated into a plague that killed the soul of an entire nation in two generations. And now the same disease is being spread around the world. I mean, the, the, historically, it, it's, it's, really, it's really fascinating to see what happened after World War II when, when the school system came up, when you started seeing the education system come up, and um, when the government started teaching our kids, you started seeing secular humanism come in, and you began to see this whole mindset change of, of, young, of young people. Those young people are now our leaders, right? They're the leaders from the highest government in your, in from, in your doctors, in your, you know, and, and that means that, so let's look at the CDC. Let's look at, what's his face? What's his face from the CDC? Yeah, that's the one. Fauci. Let's look at Fauci. Do you know Fauci is, is been given numerous honors for being the, uh, the most awarded humanist of the year. What does that mean? That means he doesn't believe that. Yeah, he doesn't believe nothing. <laughs> that means he doesn't believe that there's a God, right? He doesn't believe the, the, the word of God. That means he doesn't believe that there's an there's a absolute right and wrong. That means he doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. And yet we allowed Fauci to tell us how to live our life. Okay? So we're looking, we're listening. So who are you listening to? And, and do you know what they believe? Because are, is their belief system coming from the word of God or is it coming from a secular humanism, humanistic view that has an, is anti-God? And, you know, in our education system, it's very anti-God. Can we say amen to that? And, um, and you know, and, and those of you, like I said, those of you who went through medical, you know, had to go through, through medical classes and, you know, you all had to learn about evolution. You all had to learn. But, you know, the single cell is an amazing thing. Can I just give you just a, 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 a God thing about the human cell? The single human cell is amazing because when, when at conception, when, um, when, a, when, the, when you, you know, the egg is, receives and it begins to split, right? And, and so life begins at conception, we know. And, and all of a sudden, you know, this, the, it begins to separate into different cells. And, it, and this whole process just begins to take off, this whole beginning of a new life. Inside, you know, when the cells begin, as it begins to split, it's the same kind of cell, it's the same single cell, the whole that cell. And then all of a sudden, something changes. It, it, it starts to say, one of the cells says, I'm going to go be an arm. And then other cells, I'm going to go be the leg. I'm going to go be the brain. I'm going to go be a toe. I'm going to go, you know, and all of a sudden, it starts formulating and creating a human body. 
And that's why stem cell research is they've discovered that this is how the cells work. Who do you think told that cell, go create the brain, go create the leg, you're going to create the lungs, you're going to create... Because there's a divine creator. And he's telling... And, and so, you know, it, it, I, again, I love this stuff because it proves the power of your God. I mean, I, and let's talk about astronomy. Let's talk about the stars. I love the stars too. We, you know, the, the sun is 93 million miles away from the earth. It's put there exactly in the position, exactly. If it was any way further, we would freeze to death. If it was any, any bit closer, we would burn to death. Yet it's placed exactly where it needs to be in the sky. Yeah, perfect design. Um, 1.3 million earths. Okay, can you see the earth, how big it is? 1.3 million of those fits inside the sun. And we see in Genesis chapter one that God created the heavens and the earth. He created the star, he's, he crea- he stars, he created the moon, he created the sun, and he put them for a purpose. They're not up there just haphazardly, like, oh, that looks good. Let's put, a, let's put, a, put some stars over here. There's a reason the stars are there. God said he sent them for seasons, for times. We use the stars. We, you know, and many of you, I don't raise your hand, but if you're using, you, know, you're, 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 you want to know if you're a, um, what's that called when you read the star? Astrology, yeah. That's, to, that's witchcraft. But God did give us the stars to show us the seasons. God, and, and they move, like all of that moves. And, 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 you know, and it's fascinating. The stars are used for, the, for the, um, the, the sea captains, you know, to guide them on, on their ships. And, you know, and if I'm hitting any button this morning, you know what I'm hitting? Your worldview. If I'm hitting anything that's going, ugh, she talked about abortion. I just hit your worldview. But does that line up with the word of God? And you see, and I'm challenging you this morning because you're supposed to be the church. You're supposed to be the ones that's supposed to go out into all the world and preach the good news. What is the good news? That God forever, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, that he would die and that we might be saved and that we wouldn't have to go to a place called hell. If you don't know what you believe, then no wonder you're living in fear. No wonder you're living in confusion. No wonder you're living in depression. No wonder your marriage is a mess. No wonder your children are a mess. Let's talk about that for a minute. I'm going to put my Sunday school hat on. You know, God never commanded. God, there's nothing in the scriptures that you're going to find that it's the church's responsibility to raise your children. It's your responsibility. And I'm excited about this class that's coming. For you young parents, and you know, we're gonna, you're going to learn. Miss Tracy is going to be teaching that class. You're going to learn that there are, you're, you are resp- you're going to give birth to that child. God has a plan and a destiny for that child. That's just not a baby. God gave you a gift. He entrusted you with a life, a piece of himself. And, and, and so, you know... A lot, of you, a lot of you bring your kids here to HBC and you drop them off at that table with Miss Leticia as she signs you in and you dump those kids off and you come in here like, whew, I got two hours to myself. They're going to learn about Jesus, hallelujah. They're going to learn to be good kids. They're going to learn to obey me. But if you're, if you're dropping your kids off here for that hour and then you're going home and living like the devil, come on. And they're seeing you live a life contrary to what the word of God says, then everything we're trying to teach them is just being flushed right out. 
you've got to live the life. You wonder why your kids are living the way they are. It's because a lot of it comes back to us as parents. What are we showing them in our life? And the number one thing that I want to show my kids is I believe that this word is true. I believe that my God will never fail me. My God will never leave me. My God will never forsake me. And there's anything I've taught my kids is that prayer works. That God's word, that if you ask him, he will answer you. He will help you. If you're in a time of despair and you're in a time when everything seems to be lost and you seem like you have no hope. Oh no, brother or sister, I have hope because I have what the word of God gives me. And as I begin to look into the word, God gives me answers. He gives me solutions. He gives me ideas that I can direct and guide my life on that. And so part of the reason why we're wanting to do this curriculum is because it's going to be from pre-K to adult and you're going through it at the same time. Whatever was being taught in preschool and elementary is going to be taught in the adult class. So you can go home, moms and dads, and you can have discussions about the word of God. And don't make it sound like, oh God, she's giving us homework. Gonna have homework. Yes, you need to have homework because God, you'll see in God's word that you are the one that's instructed to teach your children day and night. Amen? All right. What time do we have? When am I supposed to be done? In 12 minutes. I just, I'm still on the third paragraph. A lot of that isn't even in my notes. I got, oh, that's right. I am preaching next week. So uh, we'll pick up. Maybe we won't. I don't know because the men will be on retreat. So I'll be here speaking. But um, let me read to you some scriptures. Okay. Let's let's look at, let's look at some word this morning. You know, I, I love it because God did not leave us without hope. He gave us his word, the Bible. He's given me all the answers that I need to know. Do I have all the answers? No, I don't. Does the Bible give every single answer? No, I wish it did. The things that are unanswered, I have to put my faith in a God who is good. That I don't know the answer, but God, I know that you're good. And um, again, I, you know, I, one of my favorite things to teach on is, you know, when you hear people ask, why are there evil things happening in a world? If God is good, why is there evil things happening to good people? Genesis chapter 3. It's because we sinned. Man sinned. Man disobeyed God. And sin came into the world which brought death, which brought fear, which brought shame. You know, everything that you see happening in the world today, where you see storms, you see tragedies, you see kids being shot in school, you see, um, you know, just horrendous things happening in this world. God is not allowing that It's mankind that allowed sin to come into the world. God sent his son that he might destroy the works of the devil. And we know that in this world as Christians, that the greater one lives inside of us. And and we also look in Genesis, we see that we have authority, that God has given us authority. And a lot of times we don't understand the beings that we are, what it means to be created in the image of God, what it means that when God breathed into Adam the breath of life, he gave him a piece of himself that separates you from the animal kingdom. And, and, you know, and, and all of this, uh, you know, the word of God explains a lot of things, a lot of answers I can find in the, in the word of God. And again, if I don't know the answer, then I still have to trust that God is good. And I don't understand, but God is good. In Romans, uh, in Romans chapter 12, it says in, um, in, in verse, verse one, 
It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is the true way to worship him. Do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If your mind has been has been formulated your your belief system your worldview the way that you perceive things by an uns, you know by anything other than the word of god then um then god says here don't don't be conformed don't don't let your behavior be like the rest of the world don't don't take it up its customs if the you know and and we know that in the end times if we tie this to the world we're living in today we see that in this time good is called evil and evil is called good and everything you, you're seeing arise in, in, you know, things that are just are unthinkable. I could name, I could just begin to name things that are unthinkable that are happening and being presented to your children in the education system, which should never be in the education system to begin with. Amen. The Grammy me wants to rise up on that one too. <laughs> It's because the God of this world has blinded the minds of those. Their minds are warped. Their minds are... And what is the ultimate reason? Why does, God, why does the Satan, why does the God of this world want to distort the way you think? Because he wants you to die in your sin. He wants you not to believe God. And he wants to see you ultimately walk away from him and disbelieve this God who loves you who created you for purpose. If you don't know that you've been created for a purpose, then why are you living? What's the reason? What's the hope? Where am I going? What's my purpose? I mean, you know, one of the number one selling books that came out recently, or years past, actually, is The Purpose Driven Life. Did y'all read that book? That's a great book, The Purpose Driven Life. And that book not only became a bestseller in the, in the Christian world, but also in the secular field, but in the Christian world, it became a, one of the number one sellers, Purpose Driven Life, because Christians, some of y'all don't know that you have a purpose, that there's purpose to your life, that God has a plan and a purpose, that this amazing God who didn't bring you out of, from, you know, from a, a, a pit of slime and you crawled out of the ground and began to grow legs and, I mean, or you're a monkey in a tree. No, God had greater plans for humanity. He created man. It says he formed him from the dust of the ground. He breathed in his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And then God gave him authority and he gave him dominion over this world. That's why Satan, who is the God of this world, doesn't want you to know who you are because Christ has given it back to you. Well, why is Satan the God of this world? See, in Genesis chapter three, all the answers are there. So, so this whole teaching, and, I, and I'm gonna hone it in, I promise, um, is that we have to change the way we believe. And, and again, if I hit anything on you today that we went, ugh, ugh, I mean, you need to question your belief system. You need to question, am I, have I really bitten the bait of what the world is teaching? Am I really not believing what God's word is teaching? Because in these last days, the Bible says there'll be a great falling away. Why? Jesus said that when he comes, when he comes again, will there be faith on the earth? Why? Because Satan is out to destroy what you believe. He's out to destroy that, that who, the, who God is in your, in your eyes. I guess I will maybe have to pick this up next week because there's so much more good stuff to say about this. And it's something I'm very passionate about. It's because God loves you. And, and 
you know, as a, as a mom, as a pastor, as a teaching the kids in Sunday school class, I'll be teaching the adult class. You know, I'm passionate about this because I, it, I want you to know how powerful your God is. I want you to know how powerful your God is, how present he is with you. I want you to know that you have a future and you have a hope. I want you to know that you are not without power this morning, that there are, God has provided things for you. And so let, let's all close our eyes. Father, Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. And I don't know all who's in this room, but God, you certainly do. And you love them so much. And Lord, I know that the enemy loves, he's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a thief that stills the truth. He's a thief that kills the joy and the life in us. And Father, I just pray that this morning, that Holy Spirit, that you would just begin to challenge us this morning of every belief system that is not of God. Every lie that the enemy has sown inside of us, God, I pray that, that Lord, you would just, I, we, I pray we'd all give you permission to challenge every belief and system in us that's not biblical. And God, I pray today that, Lord, especially for our children in this room, our young people, our junior high and our senior high, God, I pray that it's not about just knowing that God created the heavens and the earth, but it's about having a relationship with you. And God, you want us to not only know who you are, but you want to have a relationship with us. That's all what the book of Genesis and the book of Revelation is about is relation, God with us. Your desire to be with us, your desire to be our God. And so Father, I pray that you would just cause Cause the coming future days of this church to be a place that where we learn, God, about our place as parents, our place as Christians, our place as walking in the truth, our place as citizens, our place as neighbors, our place as, uh, as living on this earth. God, if we're living and breathing, we have a job to do. And I pray that you would just cause Harvest Bible Church to be a place that would just facilitate truth, that we would not walk in the knowledge of your truth in every area of our life, spirit, soul, and body. And that, God, there would be such a revelation that comes from this place that, God, that that even our young people and people that are sitting in this room right, right now would become arrows that are shot forth from Harvest Bible Church all around the world declaring the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, unashamedly, boldly, proudly proclaiming your word. May God, you give us purpose. May, may you give us, a, a, know that our, our, our future is good with you. We weren't created by accident. We weren't an accident that our parents accidentally had us. No, God, you, you can take everything about our life and give it purpose. And we thank you for that. It, I just would just like everybody to, to say this prayer with me. You know, um, I don't want to leave without leading you in the sinner's prayer. And if you don't know this Jesus I'm talking about, and you would like to know Jesus, you would like to have a relationship with God, you would, you would like the God of this world to not blind you from knowing the truth, then all it takes is, is, is saying a prayer. And all of us, you know, you can say that prayer in your seat right now with, with me. And, 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 and church, you too, you, you say it with me, okay? We're gonna say this prayer together. If you wanna know Jesus as your Lord and you, you wanna have a relationship with him, you want your life to have 
have some, something for the future. You want to know what's going to happen after you die. You want to know where you're going to go. Well, it starts with this. It starts with confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord, that, Lord, I'm a sinner. Let's all say this prayer. Heavenly Father, it is written in your word that if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and if I believe it in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. And therefore, Father, I confess that Jesus is my Lord. And I make him Lord of my life right now. And I renounce the works of my past. My past life with Satan. And I close the door to his devices. In Jesus' name. Thank you for forgiving me. Of all my sins, Jesus. Thank you for washing me in your blood. And making me right with God. Thank you that I can have peace with God. And not walk in fear. And know that heaven will be my home. Should I die when I walk from this place. In Jesus name. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time. We're going to have our prayer team come forward. You know, um, you, you, it would, I would ask you to come forward and just t- let them know that you said this prayer for the first time. Let us give you a Bible if you want a Bible. I, I'm a Bible, I, I have Bibles in my office. I buy Bibles for children and I buy Bibles for new converts. I am ready for you. If you would like a Bible and you'd like to get into the word of God, you'd like to find out what it has to say, we have Bibles for you. They would love to pray with you. Prayer team, if you could go ahead and come up. Um, Again, if you said that prayer for the first time, please come forward. And um, our prayer team is awesome. They will love you. They will not judge you. If you need prayer in your body, church, Is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. They will anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith will heal them. If you need prayer in your body, don't walk in the same way that you, or walk out the same way you walked in. Come forward, let them. These are, these are power, prayer warriors right here. And they will pray with you. We have seen God heal bodies in this church. He is still a healing Jesus. Come on, the creator who created the, the ear, who created the heart, can he not heal your heart today? Can he not heal your ears today? Can he not heal your, heal your blood pressure? Come on, he created you. He can certainly heal you. So please come forward and let them pray with you. And, um, and I know that there's a ton of things that, that I think you're supposed to do after I get papers. I don't know, in the foyer? I don't know. Well, uh, next weekend, you men will be at the men's retreat. The rest of you who aren't at the men's retreat, I will meet you back here. And uh, we're going to have a good time. Amen? Tonight is our water baptism night. If you just gave your heart to Jesus Christ and you want to be baptized, that's the next step of faith that you want to take. You come back tonight. You can let one of these young, young altar workers know <laughs> that you want, to, you want to be baptized. You want to make a public declaration that I've made Jesus my Lord. Baptism doesn't get you to heaven, but it tells the devil that you no longer belong to him. Amen. All right. God bless you. You guys are dismissed.